Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of my podcast, Billsy Black and White, Past and Present. I'm joined tonight by the current goalkeeper, Mr. Paul Leask. Evening, Paul. How are you? Not too bad yourself. I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for coming on. Uh, cheers for having us. Good, good. Okay, Paul, I always start with a new guest right back to your roots. Where is AFM starting for you? Can you run us through it, please? Uh, I guess it's just like any other little boy. So just out in the back garden, just kicking the ball about, just non-stop until your mum and dad shouts at you to get in. So pretty much uh, one of my best mates was my next door neighbour. So two of us used to just kick a ball about and ended up having to get floodlights up in our gardens and that to, to play even later. And then uh, until our folks shouted us in basically. So that was how it started. And then, well, Mormon Thistle as well in Strahan. I grew up in Strahan, so uh, aye, so most of our mates played with Mormon Thistle, made a great setup, still do. Um, so aye, that's where it kind of all started off. And did you get to school, your primary school team? Aye, uh, well, not so much primary school team, it was just uh, Mormon Thistle. Um, so, I mean, they've, they've got a great setup in Strahan. Um, well, we actually trained there this last pre-season as well, so the pitch in that is uh, brilliant. It's one you know, of the best grass pitches around, especially amateur pitches. But aye, um, as I say, with a great team as well. So, well, Jimmy Ralph, um, he was at Fraserburgh as well when I first started. He used to play in our team as well, and uh, like one season, well, it was a few seasons, we used to play through at the Peterhead seven-a-side league, and uh, we won that, and then. Was one year went or every gala we could and won every one, so with a pretty good team at the time as well. Like, so it's good. good. And did you start think your football life as a goalie, Paul, or is that something you converted to? Aye, um, like I was always kind of good at catching bars and well, from was it Mormon Thistle or well, it's one of my other mates, his dad, uh, well, Neil Panton, the plumber in Strahan, took, took me and one of well, my best man actually at my wedding. He he used to take the two of us for some goalkeeping coaching um, but my other mate was absolutely hopeless so he made me feel good about myself and made me look good <laughs> so uh, aye and th- then I guess uh, my fitness has never been the greatest so um, I couldn't run about for the whole the full game so I just gradually fell back into being a keeper very <laughs> yeah, good it's a minute for just the occupation do you get a lot of injuries being in goal anyway? say it again sorry you get a lot of injuries being a goalie. Um, to be honest, I've been I've been kind of fortunate enough. Um, I broke a lot of fingers. Um, I'm, I'm used to that now. And uh, I think I broke my broke my arm once. Um, I had a knee injury and had to get a knee up, but that was I guess that was probably just more wear and tear. And then my big foot up that was that was for something out of fit by so. Um, I've been fortunate enough and nothing too serious. Um, my broken arm was only for six weeks, so so it wasn't too bad, to be honest. And was that a fit injury, the broken arm? Aye, that was actually school. Um, and then it was in Varuri, and then well, Mike McLean actually had to take me through in his car through the ARI to get it in a stooky. So him and, him and Alec Mayer were actually my academy teachers, uh, well, my football t- like team managers during the academy, so. So a few broke connections there as well. Okay, okay. Uh, it's not fun broke my arm. I broke mine, so I can sympathise with you. Again, how it feels. So in your uh, 
your school team. Some of the lads you played with. Did any of them come into the Highland League as well? You, you mentioned Jamie uh, Ralph. Anybody else? So, uh, so my my age group, um, there wasn't too much. Um, well, we didn't have the best of school school teams at the time, but we had uh, well Stuart Smith, who's now at for Martin. Um, he he wasn't really allowed to play for the school at the start because he was signed with Aberdeen. So he never um, he never really played too much with the school fitback to be honest. He obviously trained with us at uh, training, but he wasn't allowed to play in the games for a start. Um, but he, he's Highland League now. Well, been for about ten years now. And then, well, Jimmy Ralph and I was a bit older. Uh, there, was, there was a few a few older boys um, got into the Highland League. I don't think there's much of them around around now, like, but. Well, well, Boomer, he was a good bit older than me, like, but he's still hanging in there. He's still going strong. Aye. So, as a young lad, as a goalie, what sort of goalies did you like seeing when you was a young lad? Who was on the go when you were young? Um, well, Michael Watt was the Aberdeen keeper, and then uh, kind of like uh, Jim Leighton kind of took over from him. Um, and then, well, most of my family was Aberdeen and my new fans, so uh, yeah. Peter Schmeichel as well. So he he was my, I guess, main hero when I was growing up. Fair old Peter Schmeichel, wouldn't he? Ah, uh, he's good. He's, uh, his son's not too bad as well. <laughs> well, I rate Schmeichel's the best shortstopper I've ever seen. Aye. He's some keeper. So did you model yourself on him, or are you just off the cuff and just... Just off the cuff. I mean, when I, when I, like I played, uh, I played for Mormouth Thistle when I was young, but um, go karting was actually my thing. So I used to race go karts every second weekend, and that was my priority over Fitbit, to be honest. Okay. Um, so I, I was wanting to be a Formula One driver, really. Um, that would have been my preferred option if I could. <laughs> but. Uh, and then, well, from that, I ended up playing for Peterhead Boys Club every second weekend that I was in the racing. Um, and, uh, that's kind of the route I took. And, and for the age, was that you were in handball? Um, it must have been like first or second year of the academy. Um, so, well, John Sivright, he, he was another teacher at Mintlock Academy. So Mike McLean and uh, Alec Mayer didn't really like my banter, but John, John Sivright seemed to like it better. So Gentleman, he put a word yeah. in. Uh, so he, he put my name in uh, Natty Porter and then he, he got in touch with my mum and then uh, it kind of worked for them because the keeper that they had could play every second weekend as well when I was away racing. Okay. Um, and then, well, Stevie Pratt, he was a, he was my goalkeeping coach and to be honest, that's probably who I, I owe a lot to. Um, he, he was amazing, like... Um, he, he was brilliant, especially for me anyway, because I, I didn't have that much goalkeeping training at all, really. Um, and didn't play that much football, so I had a lot of bad habits, but uh, he, he was brilliant for the couple of years. And then, well, from playing with Peterhead, I, well, Aberdeen picked him up. So then I uh, ended up going through there and signing for Aberdeen. So that was the end of my Formula One career. <laughs> I was the manager at Aberdeen at the time. Uh, Jimmy Calderwood was manager. Okay. Um, that must have been exciting times for you getting picked up by Aberdeen. Aye, I mean, it kind of came out the blue for a wee while. And then, well, actually, it's uh, 
well, Connor Grant, who's a young boy, it's kind of started with us. It so happens it was his grander, Colin Grant, used to be Peter Reid manager. Um, he was a scout for Aberdeen, actually picked me up. Okay. Um, so yeah, I went through to my very first training session was on a Thursday night through Aberdeen and I don't know if it happened, but that night just every ball seemed to come off my arm or my arse or my, my leg or my whatever, but nothing went in. So uh, by the time I got home for Aberdeen to Strachan, uh, Aberdeen was on the phone to my mum saying, uh, can Paul get off school tomorrow? We need him down to Motherwell with the 19s. Hi, so it was uh, it was quite of a well because my mate like Stuart Smith uh, he'd been at Aberdeen for ages and I don't think he'd been away with the 19s because the 19s are obviously the full time guys so I used to wind them up saying uh, one training session I'm away with them <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so I mean that was the, the 19s team that they had at the time was was really good I mean uh, Andy Barkshaw was supposed to be the next best thing and Chris Maguire Andy Considine the but an amazing team at the time, so it was some experience for me, like from from training on a Thursday night and away with the full-time boys in the bus the next day. So it was a, a fair experience, like, and then it just kind of kicked on from then. How did that first day pan out? Uh, well, uh, that that game, I was just on the bench actually, um, mm. so it was quite quite fine. Johnson said, "Like powers and goals." Um. I think it was Greg Kelly. I think he was the keeper at the time. Um, he, he was really good as well, actually. But um, well, that that whole next year, actually, I, I signed for the under 17s um, at Aberdeen. But the whole next year, it, well, Jamie Langfield and Brian Essen was the keepers. But Jamie Langfield was out injured for like basically a year. Okay. So, so Ryan Essen played for the first team. Greg Kelly got a call up to sit on the bench for the first team and then the 19s keeper that they had the second 19s keeper he actually had a long-term injury with his leg or something so it meant the 19s didn't actually have a keeper so it, it meant my like uh, fourth fifth year of the academy I got the Fridays off and went away with the 19s so it was uh, I was some experience like it was really good and I got to play quite a lot of games for them as well so so that was a good experience that was a win-win a day off school and I walk in for whatever day Exactly, I And then, uh, well, R Russell Anderson, he's at for Martin now, but mm -hmm. he, he was kind of one of my heroes as well. And uh, it, one of my first, because uh, like uh, October holidays and that, I used to go in and train with him, like most days, I like with the first team as well. Okay. And, uh, well, one of the first days, he he was actually just leaving to go to Sunderland at the time. So I mind that day well. <laughs> but uh, it was a really good experience, like, and... Uh, she never lasted a bit longer. Oh, sorry. If it's that, sorry. No, I was going to say, how did the first team players treat you? I, no, got on, I mean, Ryan Nesson and Jamie Langfield are both daft as a brush, but it was really good to train, we like. <laughs> um, and, well, Jim Leighton was a goalkeeping coach at the time as well, so one of my heroes, so I just loved being, being part of it, like, it was good. Good, so that specialist goalie training fairly helped in your career, isn't it? Aye. Um, well, from over at Aberdeen, it was actually, well, I feel bad for your, your parents, like they're just taxi drivers when you're young, but it was a fair commitment at Aberdeen because he trained with the team twice a week during the week. And then the third night was actually just how the keepers got together. 
So mum used to trips us through uh, three times a week. Well, Stuartie Smith's mum, so Stuartie's like one of my best mates. But he was actually from Newport Sligo, so our mums kind of shared the travelling a bit. Because um, obviously, if I was away with the 19s on the Friday, um, with 17s game would be on a Sunday, so it's almost like every day of the week you're going into Aberdeen or further. <laughs> okay. Still, as you say, a big commitment for parents, but I'm sure it didn't graduate one little bit. No, no. And well, mum and dad was delighted I'd stopped the go karts, I think, because that was costing them a bit of a fortune, like, so. <laughs> but my boots and petrol money was cheaper for them. Didn't just hobby at Formula One, there was it, but there was a go kart. Aye, that no, was, um, to be fair, I never really got an injury from it, like, but uh, I've seen a few bad ones, like, a few boys All in right, wheelchairs. Sure. Aye. So, that first season with the 19s, how did that pan out for you? I know it was it was good. I mean, I was still quite small, I guess, at the time, and because I hadn't been playing too much, like almost adult football, it was it was quite an experience. Because the 19s, a lot of the teams had just hired, uh, just signed like big, massive guys. I remember playing against Hearts once, but they were all the whole eleven of them were like double my size, so. I was pretty hopeless that game. Um, Aberdeen like just got bullied from him. Like, uh, okay. Um, but it was, I mean, I mean, it was a great experience. But like, you had most of the first team used to come and watch you as well. And, and Jimmy Calderwood and Jimmy Nickel, all of them would be there watching as well. So it was a bit of pressure on you as well. So it was good. Did it help you or hinder you? Do you think? Well, probably hindered me a wee bit because it was all kind of still of a kind of came out of the blue and just happened a bit quick, but that was, it was great when they change it. I'm sure you've been under a lot of pressure, but I suppose every young player is trying hard to impress the manager as well. And you'd be I, yeah, and I think they went a bit, well, Neil Cooper, who, well, Neil Cooper, who was a locals manager, he was actually the manager of the 19s at the time, so okay. uh, he was really good with me. and. Uh, well, I was almost like helping them out a little bit because all their keepers were kind of injured. So, um, now he, he always had a, a good word and always said the right stuff to make you feel better as well if you'd made a mistake. So, uh, it was really good working with him. A good man manager for you then? Yeah, uh, he was brilliant. One of the best, probably, I've, I've had over the years. So, in your spell at Everdeen, the best bit of advice you picked up, do you think? Just, uh, well, I think it's like a northeast mentality. Like, we're, when you look at a central belt, everybody doing there's just, I wouldn't say better players, but they're just more, I guess, streetwise a little bit. But they're, the main thing's confidence. I think, uh, I mean, it was nerve wracking, even at, like at 17s, there was maybe like half of us here and half of us was like from the Glasgow area. But like, they came in and were just so much more confident and had that kind of act intimidated some of the people felt this area or, or what but um aye it's basically just to be more confident like you're there for a reason uh, you're just as good as them so i just confidence more than anything speaking with confidence see if you're in the middle of a game paul and you just say yeah let a goal and it should have saved does that affect your confidence during a game or you just forget about it and get on with I guess every good keeper can forget about it straight away, but obviously it's going to annoy you. Um, and I guess when I was younger, it used to annoy you and affect you probably a bit more the older you get and the wiser you get. You 
there's nothing that you can do about it once you've let it in to be honest it's just make sure it doesn't happen again or try <laughs> try and make sure it doesn't happen again and to be honest during during a game if you make a mistake you you almost want the other team to come up with pitch and have another good chance um so that you can redeem yourself and save it or you kind of half want the other team to get a penalty and you save it to kind of redeem yourself and so that you don't feel so bad but uh, you've just you've just got to put it to your back of your mind and, and go on and they let it affect you as, as soon as possible. Uh, the problem is an outfield player can make a mistake and somebody can bail them out. If you make a mistake, it's usually a goal. Aye, aye, that's it. And aye, you grow up fast as a keeper because you'll have everybody shouting at you for day one, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's just the way it goes, I guess, as being a keeper. Hey, thick skin. Uh, there's a thing that you speak with folks shouting for you. See, there's folk quite close to your fans watching and they're giving you pelters. Does that bother you? Or is it what I've had back? No, it's, I think I play better with that, actually, to be honest. And that's a games I enjoy most is when there, there's like a crowd and a bit of atmosphere. And especially if there's folk behind you giving you a bit of jip, like, I just love that. Like, it just, and again, just seems to make you play even better. Uh, prove a point to the Norsemen. Ah, yeah, I don't know, I can it is, it's just, uh, it's, I don't know, it makes you concentrate more or fit it is, but it's just, uh, you want to prove them wrong or something, it's, uh, that helps. <laughs> and a good save for you, you'll see and shut them up, eh? Ah, exactly. <laughs> so, in your season at the 19s, how did that progress for you? If you After your first season, how do you go for there? Well, after my first season, um, well, I only had, like, really one... Well, I, I was signed with the 17s, but I got my Fridays off school to go with the 19s because they didn't really have a keeper. To be. Uh-huh. Um, but then to, to go full time, so the the second Greg Kelly moved up to the first team, but the the second keeper had never played. The kind of says, right, we're just going to go with him. Um, so basically, they were just going with one keeper because they'd signed a, I think it was a Norwegian guy or something for a lot of money outfield, but he never made anything of it. Like and left pretty soon, but. So at that time, I just, well, I left school and went and got an apprenticeship as well. And, uh, well, I actually signed for Peterhead. So it was Ian Stewart and Paul Mathers. He was in charge at the time. And uh, I will, Paul Mathers obviously been the keeper and keeper coach. He was, uh, again, he was absolutely brilliant. And and Ian Stewart as well, I thought Peterhead was amazing. Um, I think it was probably, well, to me, it was one of the worst decisions Peter has made is getting rid of them and replacing them. Yeah, okay. Um, but aye. <laughs> so, aye, I was at Peterhead for about two or three seasons um, before I joined the Broch. So, you, you joined Peterhead at what age? Just after you left school, did you say? Aye, so I would have been 16, 17. Okay. 17. Aye, 17, I would have been. Okay, um, and after your senior your 19, did you get a chance to go full-time with Peter Reid? Uh, aye, with Aberdeen. Are you saying you, you left Aberdeen and joined Peter Reid? Aye. Yeah. So did you get a, a full-time a chance to go full-time? Uh, for uh, Aberdeen. Uh, uh, only them, Aberdeen or Peter Reid? No, I mean, Peter Reid didn't really have a, a, like a full-time did a few um, um, foreign boys that were over. I think they were full time actually. Um, but no, I I started my apprenticeship with well the same company. I'm still with 15 years later. But um, I'd started my apprenticeship, so 
just trained with them twice a week and um, games on a Saturday. But they, they had a boy, well, Paul Mathers, when he was there, I went out on loan because I was never going to play before him. So I was on loan to Maud. Um, Chris Hunter was the manager. Oh, okay. So, and then the second season, that's when uh, well, Ian Stewart and Paul Mathers got the dunt and the tuck in uh, Pelly and Neely Cooper. Okay. Um, which I was okay, but again, I mean, they had a, I think it was a Polish guy and he was on ridiculous money, so I was never going to get a game, so I didn't know what to sit there and sit on the bench. No. So I went back back out and loaned to, to Maud again, so it was really good. Um, two great seasons there. And then uh, well, Peterhead was asking us, I did, did play, like every time the keeper got sent off or was injured, I always went back to Peterhead and ended up playing. So I must have played about 10 games probably for or half a dozen games for Peter Reid. Yeah, okay. Um, but aye, I, did, I wasn't really enjoying it to be honest. So they, they did ask me to sign again and try and offer us money and that. But no, um, Charlie had been at me for a few seasons before that as well. So I decided that time was right to, to try the Brock. Okay. And how did I, uh, how did you go on with the Brock and start? I'd been Billy Gordon, been in goals, was he? I well, it was quite funny because well, Charlie had been trying me for a couple of years um, to come to the Baroque, but I kept saying no, I'm never going to get a game before Billy, so there's no point in my coming there. I just want to play football. Oh, yeah. um, and he kept saying, well, no, if you sign Billy, I'll go into retirement. But I didn't believe I'm anyway, but I signed and I did put Billy into retirement. But my very first season, I'd actually. I'd actually booked up for my cousin Stagger before I knew I was signing for the Brock. Okay. And uh, my cousin Stagger so happened to be the first game of the season, so Billy had to come back out of retirement and play the first game. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, my debut was in the second game of the season. Um, uh, against Wick? Aye. So and we won as well, like so, because Wick was a decent team at that time, so mm -hmm. that was a good... A good uh, it was a good win. Do you mind much about your debut? Nay, nay, too much. I just mind just, uh, it was the first proper game I'd played at the Bellsley, so um, the crowd was, was quite a decent crowd as well. I mind that. Um, I mean, always is half a decent crowd at Bellsley anyway, even when we're playing lesser teams, shall we say, but like that day it was a, a really decent crowd, I think, so that was a great game. Clean sheet? No, I think I let one in. Okay. I think, I think it was 2-1, I think. So, Paul, as a goalie, well, as a striker, I was speaking to PC. He says he judges his performance if he scores. Can you hear a great game and concede a goal and still be happy with your game? Or are you not happy if you've conceded? I'm never happy if I concede. But um, I, I guess as long as long as long as we've won, and uh, if I've managed to pull off a few saves and ones went in, I'm not too too worried. Like as long as we're as long as we're winning, um, it's never great letting in a goal, especially if you if you draw or, or lose. Because um, you can, you've obviously had something to do with it. I mean, it's a team game, but it's your goals. <laughs> uh, you you get to blame at the end of the match. Now, Aye. are you a mourner like Peter Schmeichel? He shouts and organises the defence. Are you the same? I try to be, I try to be, um, like I mean, I've played with a lot of defenders, but some listen, some dinner. 
but I think over the years, um, I think the team start to realise I'm not just speaking shite all the time, so they do, they do listen sometimes. Um, okay, is, is your input really important when there's a free kick? I for placing the defence. Aye, yeah, yeah. And to be fair, the the, the players are good. They do listen, so it's uh, aye. I mean, if, if it's a free kick, it's all on you, kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. Nine times out of ten, so it's have to listen if then I just shout louder. <laughs> now, here's a question you've probably never heard before. Have you ever scored a goal as a goalie? Scored a penalty. Oh, okay. Not an open play like, but um, I used to, well, I still think I'm a bit of a striker sometimes, like uh, like if we're playing five asides or that with the Brock or, or just in training and the shooting drills, I'll, I'll show the boys how to do it. But, um, I, my name is one of the first names on the team sheet for penalty shoots used to be, but I have actually missed a couple as well. <laughs> so uh, I think I'm half of, half of penalties now. A real gig for a fail. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll just stick to trying to keep in the mood. Speaking about keeping the mood, you mind any memorable saves you've been in a rock? Again, you've saved hundreds and hundreds of shots. Is that one of being one of the really important saves that you may know? Aye, I mean, Aye, every save is vital, you, you say, but um, aye, just every time you've, uh, you know you've like earned the team something, then you feel good. I mean, even this season, I think it was, a, it was the second game of the season we played Nairn away, and now we knew this season, because it's like half the games, we knew Broda would obviously win probably all their games, so we had to as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the Nairn game, we didn't really... We didn't really get going, but we wasn't losing the game. But I had about three half decent saves during the game, and then a penalty save as well, just in the last like five minutes, and we won one nil. So at the time, within the kind of league, it was also going to get cancelled, and we knew how important it was to win every game. Um, so I mean, that was that was amazing. Uh, like you just go into the next game, and unfortunately for me, I did a howler of a caster. <laughs> it was back down to earth, but. Um, Aye, every save's good. Okay, so a lot of games are brought in a lot of attacking. Sometimes you can be near too busy for a while. Is it difficult to maintain your concentration? Um, aye, I guess that's maybe something I've learned over the years, is to concentrate more. And um, I guess when you when you are playing, I mean, like a few years ago, shall we say, when we didn't have such a good team, um, also I was busier. Uh-huh. So it's easier to keep your concentration for a game, but now I think we've got like a, a phenomenal team now for a high league and should be should be winning every game. And to be honest, the eighty percent of the games in the high league, I'm expecting to be standing there and not really doing much, and maybe one save now and again. But got to be ready when I'm called upon. So um, that's why usually you'll probably hear my shouting, uh, just shouting at the defence, anything. Uh, move to the left, move to the right, just to keep them in, in tick and uh, me concentrating as well. Yeah, that's really important because oftentimes a defender kind of sees somebody marking a run that you'll be able to see a quick shot somebody up. Yeah, yeah, and it just keeps them on their toes as well um, if they're standing at the back as well. So it's uh, that's one thing I've learned like through the years that my keeper kind of speak enough. And uh, often Saturday nights I've never got a voice, which I guess my mates and I are quite glad of sometimes. 
<laughs> Use it at a burn the park. Right. So, we've got your favourite saves. Any memorable games for you? Sticks out. Um, aye, I mean, there's quite a few games. I mean, um, just any game at Bell's Leaf, and it's like pretty packed. It's, it's just brilliant, like from the crowds there and a noise. And I guess like a few years ago when Cove was in the league and they were winning everything. They were by far the best team, but for some reason, every time we played them, we used to either give them a, a really good game and well, nine times out of 10, we seemed to beat them. And uh, aye, the atmosphere. And I, I remember once we played them at Christmas time as well, and we beat them. Like I was going back quite a few years, and just because the crowd, it was it was such a good crowd as well. It was just brilliant. Just uh, and then, well, I guess personally as well, the the Martin final. I think I had a, I guess it was I think 2012 maybe up at Bucky. I had quite a few good saves. Um, in that final, so it kind of meant mere. Um, I think that same season we played Bankshead to get Peter Heed in the final, and I don't even think I touched the bar, so I kind of felt silly celebrating winning a final to an extent, because I hardly did anything in it, but um, like the format and one, I was busy, so it was really good. Uh, celebrating, but you were ready to make a save if uh, Bankshead if required? Hi, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, that, that, that game I was struggling a bit with my groin, so it was quite fine. I didn't know, didn't have much to do. <laughs> okay, you said earlier you broke a few fingers. Does it affect you uh, during games? Not so much. I mean, um, I, I try. Well, I, I actually tape my fingers up the majority of times now, um, especially for training when we're doing quite a lot. Games not so much, but um, I've broken my as much now. I'm kind of used to it. It's just uh, like bad staves and. You've just got to go through the pain barrier for if you need to take one for the team effectively and, and make that save. So, um, no, nah, it, doesn't, it doesn't affect my playing. Like, I can kind of play through them. Your teeth are going with it. Aye, that's it. Okay, now, there's never been a goalie myself. Well, how does a goalie train? See, on training night, keep, keep the players from doing a thing. What do goalie do? Well, usually from the players are a just kicking about each other and kind of joke. We're usually uh, jumping up and doing our place and uh, hurting ourselves and getting a beast in. So I would say we, we do a lot harder training than the outfield players like, but um, we've had quite a few goalkeeping coaches over the years at Ibrock as well. Um, they've all got their different kind of takes, but I guess there's a keeper, there's a lot of feet work. Um, you need to be sharp and the majority of the the handling kind of drills are quite quite the same, but mm -hmm. over the years, uh, I guess the kicking part of it's came more and more into it as well. Like uh, when I first started, it wasn't a, a keeper wasn't expected to be able to play with their feet, um, but but now it's more expected. And I kind of that's just because of Barcelona and that, and it's kind of flown down the leagues or what. But uh, it's it's kind of expected as you if you're a keeper, you can ping a ball on both feet. And that's something you're really good at? Uh, try to be. I mean, um, I guess the best thing I did when I was young is I used to purposely just try and play with my left foot so that I could kind of play with both feet. And I think it paid off, to be honest, because now I'm quite comfortable kicking the ball with either foot, to be honest. So 
and it's definitely something that's been a, a benefit to me. Okay, okay. So, when did your first cup final come across the rock? You remember what it was? Uh, the banks, uh, I mean, we, we struggled in the league a little bit when I first joined. Um, we didn't seem to be doing too well, but um, the cups have always kind of rose to the occasion. Um, but aye, that Banks had he won. Um, was, uh, I think it was a shield. We won a shield, like, well, I think they were both in 2012, but one of them was like one season and the other one was the other, like, start of the next season was a for Martin one, I think. Um, but they were both the same same year. Um, so they were they were really good. Um, just to get some silverware at Highland League was was great to say that I've, I've won something. Did you much memories of the game or did it just flash past you? I, the banks of D1, to be honest, as I say, I, I didn't hate too much to D, but um, the Fulmartin one was much better. I mean, I still remember, I think they scored. I think, I think it was Heiser gave me a short pass back as usual and the boy, <laughs> nipped, the boy nipped in and scored in like the first minute. So then he came past me and hit me in the head and then he hit Heiser and he'd running back going, way. So uh, I uh, riled me and Heiser a bit and uh, the boy still tries and speaks this like we're mates, but I want to take him on like, um, daddy had to Sunday a minute and it came back to hunt him like. Did you accidentally hit him and he'd, if he came up for a corner on that game, no? No, no, but the, the full time from the one um, in penalties actually, I think I saved a pen or something. So there was only one person I wanted to shake hands with, and that was him. Did he shake your hand? He did, uh, he did. Good, uh, you know. Yeah, but uh, that's just karma for you. <laughs> that wasn't a very professional lump, though, was it? No, exactly, exactly. So, um, especially a minute into a game. It's all right, you like that to your mates, but not the opposition. Yeah, yeah. So, so that was your first losing cup final, the opposite side of the enjoyment. Ooh, first loss must have been, I think it was in Vruri Locos. I think we played them at Keith. Um, that goal still annoys me, yeah, actually. I think it was uh, Mickey that scored. Scott Mickey. Um, I think, is it Scott Mickey? Aye. I think, uh, I think we were 2-2 and then he scored, I think it was almost the last kick of the game to win 3-2. It was a good goal, like, but um, I'm still annoyed about it yet. Uh, last minute's never good, is it? No, no, that was a hard thing to take because I think we were a better team on the day. Um, Locos had a really good team at the time, like, but um, on the day we should have beat them. Just one of those things, eh? Did you play in the tough game? I didn't actually. So that was um, that was the end of Hunter's reign, and Mark had just started. But I'd been away with work like uh, the last few months of that season. So I was up there. I was a supporter. Um, so it was painful to watch. Like um, mm-hmm. thought they had it, had won it, and then uh, I lost in the last kick of the game as well. To be honest, but no, I, I was there. I was there as a supporter more than part of the team. Then uh, it was a series. So then you just said you were away with your work. You did you quite a big spell away with your work. So after you joined the Brock, how long was you wait before you, you kinda went away to your work? Um I played a few seasons at the Brock and then um I've only been at the same company um, but I've changed a few positions within the company and 
just as it's progressed, it's, it's required me to go away, um, both for my benefit and, well, the company's benefit as well, like, but um, for my experience. Um, yeah. some, sometimes I haven't been able to turn them down, but um, I'm fortunate that half of, half of the time I, I can decide kind of when I go away, so I always try and work it as best as I can. Um, I mean, I, I worked in Norway for six months, um, but no much folk can because I, I actually worked for him on the Monday, flew out to Norway on a Tuesday morning and came home on a Wednesday afternoon for training. Okay. So it, was, it, it was cheaper to fly home for training than stay in Norway for a night. You know, that was my justification to work. And then I'd fly back out on Thursday morning and, and come by home on Friday afternoon. So, uh, so I did that for six months in Norway. Mm-hmm. You're racking up yeah. the air miles, innit? Aye, yeah. And then, what well, was actually the Falkirk game? I was a bit annoyed about it. Actually, I, I went all the way to Australia for it was a meeting for two days. I was supposed to be there for two weeks, but I came home for the Falkirk game after two days, and then uh, ended up not playing. So I would have been as well biding in Australia, but never mind. <laughs> I, I take it you didn't care you weren't playing before you came in, no. No, no, I didn't. Um, I, I'd been away. The, I missed the Saturday before. I think I had to go to Africa first, and then to Australia, and then back. Um, but I, um, no, it was still good to be back and be part of it. Um, it's a team game after all, but you, you're never happy when you're on the bench. Well, it's a player um, to be playing, isn't it? But I. Did you enjoy the poker game? I was. I know you weren't playing, but did you? Enjoy. I think they broke did well. 1-1. Aye, no, aye. Yeah, no, they did really well. Um, and it's a shame like, the goals that were kind of let in were mere for it wasn't like Falkirk ripped this opener out. It was mere for just like corners. I think Lee Miller got a hat trick actually, but so it was kind of frustrating that they managed to score for set pieces more than anything like, but mm-hmm. we scored a good goal. Um, so for a, for a moment we were thought we were onto something, but Good experience for you, though. That's good. That's it. So there's a thing, Paul. You're sitting watch as a goalie. You're sitting watching the game. Are you scrutinising the guy that's playing in goals, or are you watching the game for a bit of both? Um, I, I guess when I was younger, I used to be scrutinising the the competition there. I like for your place, but as I've got older, like I'm, I've been the oldest one for a while now, but. So usually the younger guys, you're you're mere, mere looking at them from a, like a coach point of view, and then give them tips or or any tips. The guys that have been at the Brockov have been good, but try and give them encouragement or far you think they can improve, or just try and pass on some sort of advice to them. More than anything, if they've got the jersey, it's because they deserve it. So I've just got to work hard to get back into it. So you just pass on advice you got as a young lad. Oh, yeah, that's it. I mean, it's it's in everybody's interest for for Abdi to get better at the broch. So, um, I guess when you're younger, you don't see it. You just want to play and be better than the other boy. But you know, now you just want the the best for the club more than anything else. Okay, okay. So you then had a, a move to Keith. How did that come about? No, I thought you I thought you would ask a scene. So. Um, I'd answer that, Ian. Um, well, hindsight would be a great thing, is, mm-hmm. is one thing. Um, so, 
when you're in your last six months of your contract, you're you're allowed to speak to other clubs. Um, the club, Fraser, at the time never asked asked me to sign until I was into my last six months. But at that point, Keith found out I was in my last six months and approached me. Um, I'm not sure if uh, it was just a, a missing the <laughs> the broch, uh, forgot I was in my last six months or what, but. There was a few things I wasn't too happy about anyway at the time. So at the time, it was the right move for me. Um, Keith Keith offered me a really good deal. Um, so at the time, I, I, I couldn't turn it down. Um, so I, I, at, at the time, it was the right decision for me. Um, but then two months later, um, they basically done a Rangers and spent money that they shouldn't have had. Um, so I just told them, rip my, rip my contract up right now kind of thing. And they did. They, they were happy to do it. So I was glad. And well, in fact, I think it was the day before that I actually text. I text Mark and told him the situation. It had been available player as of tomorrow, kind of thing. And I think him and Baxter was at my house the day after as well okay. um, to try and get me to sign again. So, aye. So it was a, a short-lived uh, vacation. So uh, you said you were there for two months and never played any games. Was it pre-season you joined him, or was it another other goalie still on the team when you joined? So, well, I actually had two broken fingers at a time, and I was waiting okay. on my foot, foot operation. But um, I'd obviously signed a pre-contract to go there in the summer, um, but the Broch um, agreed to to let me go basically now, which was like February. Or still was like six games to go the season, but they let me go in the agreement that I'd win the play this year. Because um, it's quite funny, if, if I did play a game, the only game I probably could have played for Keith would have been against the Brock. That'd <laughs> <laughs> been a strange in for you. Aye. So if I didn't have broken fingers, I probably could have played for him, but uh, no, I had broken fingers and I was under a knife a week after, so... Oh, um, okay. No, it was never happening. So, this is your back of the Brock. Did you get game time or did you wait for a while to get a game? So, I went under the knife in, I think it was March, I went under the knife for my foot up. Um, I'd, well, I played that season for the Brock with like a broken foot, so I was playing okay. through the pain for a year. Um, so it was the end of the season, so it was time to get my up. And I was supposed to get my operation and be back for pre-season, that was the idea. Um, but every time I was back in um, to hospital, they kept saying, oh, come back in another six weeks. And I had a big stupid boot on and getting uh, the ultrasound and everything to it. And as six weeks went to another six weeks to another six weeks. And before we knew it, it was like November time. So I basically, because it was, I was private through my work, so I, I said I wanted another surgeon. And then uh, he took one look at it and says, no, I need to operate on you again. So like a week after, I think it was a, what's well, this is a kind of frustrating bit, because I think we just drawn Rangers in the Scottish Cup about that time. It was like December, mm -hmm. so I went under a knife again in December, um, and the screw in that, and it was in my foot was loose. That's why it was never getting better or healing. Um, so hi, I missed the whole, the whole Rangers uh, in that that six months. Um, painful, but I was uh, just watching for the stands basically. I think I think I actually started training just a week after the Rangers game. I think okay. that was my first week of training. 
So I also had the boys were high as kites, and I was just uh, frustrated as anything watching through the sidelines. Uh, it must have been frustrating for you. Did, did you feel part of it, or would you just feel like an outsider looking in? Aye, I mean the the, the club did everything they could to involve everybody, um, but aye, if you're a player, all you want to be doing is on the pitch. I mean, I'd been there for quite a few years, and it was the biggest game it would, well, probably one of the biggest games the Brock's ever had. And aye, I was. Just for, well, you kind of felt. I mean, I was in the boardroom and like the Rangers board and nothing was there. Um, I had a strip like everybody else, even though I kind of wouldn't be wearing it. Uh-huh. Um, so, no, there's nothing else anybody could have done. It's just mere personal kind of frustration, shall we say. Uh, just bittersweet. Uh, it must have been frustrating for you. But hey, ho, yeah. you started training a week after. How did the fit respond? I know it was good. Um, uh, sure, I just went under a knife back in the summer, to be honest, and instead of waiting six weeks every time. But mm-hmm. um, as soon as that uh, screw was in, I went back to see the boy six weeks later, and he just says, "Yep, that's it, fully, fully healed. Go for it." So it was, um, I it was pretty much straight away. Just well, obviously, it took me a while to get my fitness back, but I was, uh, and I did play a couple of games in kind of that season. Um, so it was good to get a few games before before we broke up again. You didn't have any problems with the fact, no? No, no. I feel it now and again, but it's no, it's fine. Okay, good. Good job you got a second operation, Annie. Aye, yeah. Right. You have any pre-match rituals or superstitions for games? Nay, nay, too much. Um, no, I don't think I've really got much. I was. I drink a lot of coffee, like, so I always need a cup of coffee, usually when I get there as well. I'm always going through the kitchen to try and make a cup of coffee, but apart from that, I've nearly, nearly too much uh, rituals. I always say my shin guard, most players don't put their shin guards on if we're warming up, I guess, but I've always got the old school shin guards with my ankle protection and stuff, so I've always got them on before I warm up. Apart from that, it's, it's about it, I think, really. And you get nervous for games? Ah, you still you still get a wee bit nervous before before games, I um, which I think's good, um, but uh, aye, not too bad, like not like some other boys. <laughs> uh, I'll be different though, Paulie. That's it. That's it. Right. Would you reckon we pay not these? Good at saving them or yeah? Save I, I have, uh, I guess over the years at Brock, we've played quite a few like uh, cup games and put the penalty shouts. I think um, the majority of them have, have either won or I've saved quite a few. Um, so I, I think my record at Brock must be pretty good actually for penalty shoots. Um, do you hear certain way you go or do you read a player? Try and read a read a player like um, I think some some boys are really easy to read and the next boys impossible. But no, I think I'm quite good at reading the majority of the boys. Um, I was going to say I think it was a lossy mouth game. Or I was playing somebody at lossy mouth ground anyway. Um, I saved three out of the four penalties, but I, I I went up to take the the winning penalty and hit a crossbar and it bounced down half a line and out. 
uh, had to save the penalty after it to, to redeem myself, but we won, so it was fine. <laughs> That's an exciting penalty you did for you, then, yeah? No, that was good. Very good. All right. Well, I get to take you on the phone's question time, okay? Okay. All right. Now, there's a few questions here for you. Apparently, it's your best mate, Craig, is it? The high, I think so. Well, he's probably be on the wind up, but I mean, I'll just give you them as he gave them to me, okay? So it's not my fault, okay? All right. So we'll start off with the first team. What were the circumstances to your bust up with Chris Hunter at the Martin's ground? <laughs> this is with Craig McIntosh. Yeah, so, uh, aye. Uh, aye, I mean, I think it's uh, like any hidden thing, but so, well, Hunter was my manager at uh, Maud, and, and to be honest, when he was at Maud, he, he's probably the best manager I've ever had um, for man management, and just the way he was at that time was brilliant, and he got on really well, but when he was at a Brock, we didn't, towards the end of his spell, we didn't see eye to eye, shall we say, but the for Martin game, I took a goal kick and it went over a halfway line, but out, out beside their dugout, and uh, I Hunter shouted, "Well done, Lisky!" and started clapping his hands. But again, it was like in five minutes into the game, so uh, I think it must have been a cup game because it went it went that penalty shootout, and again I I saved the winning penalty, so we won. So after the game, all I wanted to do was shake his hand. And, and, but he'd run inside to the changing room. So when we went into our changing room, for Martin, changing rooms are right next door to each other. He was kind of near the door. So I just shouted at him um, as I went into our changing room saying, way. And uh, oh, that was it. He, he, he kind of lost it a wee bit, but that's a, a fun in games. Uh, you shook hands at the end of it though, did you? Aye, so that's it. Ah, well, okay, okay. Right, this is Stolfi Craig. What is the explanation behind your nicknames? Two beers and Nessie. I'm sure far he's got them feel like, but um, he usually turns up late to, to Miss Night Suit uh, himself like, but I think he says I'm like a Loch Ness monster. Um, after a few beers, I just go missing because I usually go hit my bed. <laughs> so. so you reckon that's why he's got Nessie and two beers for you? Aye, I think so. <laughs> okay. Okay. So another question. This is the last one for Craig. Your future plans after you hang up your gloves at the Brock? Um, I haven't totally decided yet. Um, I guess it depends uh, how long I play for. Um, still think of well, being a goalkeeper, you've always got that luxury that you don't have to be as fit as outfield players. I, I guess um, so. I'll probably try and play as long as I can, um, and then I'm not sure. Um, I've got two kids as well now, so it depends what they're. They'll be at a, a good age when I, when I probably stop playing football, so they'll take up a bit of time. But I. I I wouldn't have said no to going into coaching um, as well. Um, so probably, aye. I'll, I, I'm not too sure if that would do yet, but aye, either coaching or depending if the kids are up to. Okay. Your kids are the Lunda Queens? So they've got a girl that's uh, four and a half and a boy. It's just turned 10 months a day. 
Oh, right, okay, so what, I bet the only play young lad be starting playing football yet. Aye, he's got a few strips, like, but um, he's, uh, he's too little yet. Uh, don't fall in bad footsteps, eh? Aye, that's it. Well, maybe he's... Uh, so the wife's dad was uh, Ian Fraser, I was a good player for Peter Heed. And, okay. Uh, he's, a bit, he's a bit of a fitness freak as well, so hopefully he's got some of his genes in him rather than mine. <laughs> Keeps his dad his dad's good looks and his safe. Is, uh, Aye, that's it. <laughs> right, question for Graham Coots. How did you feel about letting a bark pass from Boomer from the centre circle at Forest go in and win the league for them? You're smiling that's, again. Uh, uh, it's, it's quite funny or ironic it's coming for Coots because he played with me at um, Maud for a year and he, he said he was a striker, but I don't think he ever managed to score against me. Um, but... Uh, Aye, Boomer's goal. It, aye, it was it was a horrendous back pass, to be honest. Uh, and the conditions was really wild that day. Um, was that an AC pitch day? No, it, it was actually a really fine day, and no wind or nothing like it was. It was just a bad back pass. We'll blame Boomer, but it was actually it was actually quite funny because Jimmy Bigri left us that year to go to Cove. Okay. He, I think he said he was leaving us to go and win the league, but. Letting that goal in at the end actually made Forrest win the league, so it was quite funny because he'd never won the league that year. <laughs> so, uh, no, every happy ending. Okay. This is for Derek Starkin. What colour kit do you like wearing, red or green? Well, I think uh, at last game against Montrose, so that's after for two years of him being the kit man and in the job, he's finally managed to get it right once. <laughs> so, obviously, supporting <laughs> supporting Aberdeen and Man U reads, reads, reads the colour to be. Um, but for some reason, he always picks the greening or gets me the greening um, nine times out of ten. But um, he can's new, hopefully. But in, in Derek's defence, he says nine times out of ten it's down to the referees to decide the colour you wear. Are you buying that in? I'm not buying that in, no. No? He, he, he just needs to tell them early enough and they can change. So it's Derek's fault? Aye, well, I always blame Derek, so it's Derek's fault. <laughs> Peter Derek. Okay, Aye. your next question. This is just a couple of random questions for me now. Who's, who's the best goalie I've seen? In Clan Ever? Just in, in football in general? Um, I've seen that. So I, I do actually go down to Old Trafford um, quite a lot as well, um, as much as I can. Um, so obviously the, the majority of keepers in the Premier League are, are phenomenal. Like, um, So it's great to go down, even just watching their warm-ups again before games and stuff. It's, um, they're phenomenal, but aye, David De Gea is pretty good. Like. I like watching him. He's a good keeper, aren't he? Aye, yeah. You mentioned Schmeichel earlier on. Do you think he's as good as his dad yet? I think he's as good as his dad, but he's he's, he's really good as well. Like He's he's done well. Um, and Fred Lester's done phenomenal. Uh, certainly, they're going well again this year as well. It's good to see. Yeah. Okay, okay. You'll be pleased to hear I'll tell you a fan's question time. I think you go through that, okay? Hi, still, still surviving. 
I'm not sure if Derek will be too happy we blame the beer man for your kit too. We'll soon see. <laughs> he blames me for anything else, that's fine. <laughs> okay. Alright, here's the tough bit. You've got to pick your best 11 players, four subs and a manager for me. And give us a wee explanation why you picked them, okay? Aye, so that's never going to be easy picking, picking uh, a team like, but I've tried to I've tried to limit the number of boys in the current team like, but um, there's still a few in there, but I guess keeper I kind of picked myself, so I, w- I wouldn't be Billy Gordon. So I've also played with quite a few keepers over the years at Ibrock, um and training with them as well. Um, but for what Billy's done for me and at Debrock and also I put him in his retirement home, but he, he, he was a coach, at a, a goalkeeping coach for a long time under Charlie and then uh, he came back again under Hunter as well so and I think he was no he was there Charlie and Hunter and then he was uh, he came back under Mark as well so he's done a first stint of my time at the Baroque to be honest so oh I want to Billy for the advice and everything he's handed on he still gives us a text every noon again as well so keep in touch okay good um right back so uh, well I've gone for a 4-4-2 but um We've kind of changed our, our team uh, shape this year a little bit with um, the two idiots at the side. So we've got Owen and Ryan running up and doing like heedless chickens half the time. But my, my, my formation at 4 4 2, I'm going to keep them out of the team. But they're close to being in them. Um, so I've gone with Mark Dixon at right back. So okay. um, I was, well, he has to be in the team just for his crack half a, half a pitch, to be honest. I, I miss him. But uh, the best thing about Mark is he, he listened t- to me. Um, so that's what I, I like best about my defence is they listen um, to everything you say to them, kind of thing during during the game. Uh, is uh, I, I think Dicko, I think he preferred to play in midfield, but I, I just loved him playing at right back, to be honest. And there's been a few other goodies. I mean, Derek Milne was there when I first started as well, but majority of the time I've played with Dicko there and. Uh, he's my he's my pick for right back. Very popular uh, pick for right back is Dicko. Aye, yeah. Um, centre half was a harding, so it was between the three of them. Um, so obviously a bit of Russell in there. So he was he's been the, the captain kind of the majority of the time I was there. Okay. And uh, he was just phenomenal, just for. I, I guess, well, just as a captain, to be honest, bringing the whole team together and on the pitch, he, he was amazing. Um, he, he, he didn't look like a footballer half the time, but he, uh, he was like, you know, the most skillful uh, guys we have we had in the team, and uh, he was brilliant. And uh, <laughs> in fact, going on with, um, so I guess the battle he had with the, the cancer as well, and. How he, how he handled all that was was amazing, but one of the fun, funny memories was uh, we had to do that uh, calendar. I'm not sure if you've still got that up in your wall as well. So was that you, The calendar, have you got it up in your wall still? Aye. So, uh, well, Kenny McDonald for runs the supporters club, he, uh, he actually flogged a few to the, he works at my work, and he flogged a few of the naked calendars to wifey's in my office, so. They, they liked that. 
But the, the other centre half is a, a mix-up between Brian Hay and Boomer, to be honest. Like, it could have been either of them, but I think I'm going to maybe go with Heiser because Boomer and Russell together is now a good combination with their speed, but I'll go with Heiser. Okay. And left-back, kind of similar reasons for Mark Dixon. So you listen to him on the pitch, but he's, his left foot was amazing. It's uh, Neil Main. Okay. So I've, I've gone for him at left-back. Um, right midfield of actually, uh, I guess we, we haven't had too much uh, out and out wingers over the years um, at the Brock on the right hand side of, I think it's probably in the positions we've probably struggled for, but one, one of the guys I used to love there, because every time I had the ball in my hands, I, I knew he was on his bike and uh, it was P.A. Bruce. I think he's, uh, I think he's still managed to rack up about 100 appearances, but um, when he turned up, I thought he was he was brilliant, like, and he, he did put in a fair shift as well, so I went with him in right midfield. Okay. Centre of the park, I've went with uh, well, Dean Cowie. Um, I think he was, well, again, he was great off the pitch as well, but on the pitch he was uh, brilliant. And, well, he, he was actually at Peterhead when I was there as well. Um, so I've played with Dean quite a lot over the years. And I guess, so Peterhead, the team was now that. Um, Team spirit wasn't that good, and I mean, I think we were playing up at Ross County actually. And me and Dean got bored in the bus, so we just got off in Fockerbers for a session, found our NY home. So that was good memories. <laughs> that was a Sunday morning home job, was it? Ah, yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> okay. Um, and in the middle beside him, was a, again, it was a mix up of two boys. It was either PY or so Paul Young or, or Willie West, the Mr. Utility. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm going to go for Paul. Like he, um, I, I guess when we used to play against him, he's he's kind of in that players that sometimes you you don't appreciate how much work he's actually doing until you're playing with him. But he just seems to turn up like every blade of the grass on the pitch. He just seems to be there. His his fitness is unreal. It's uh, and he's also a really good footballer as well. So I've, I think I'm going to go with him in the middle there. Another consistent performer on Andy. Yeah. And he's, well, his dad actually was obviously part of the club when I first joined as well. Mm-hmm. Kind of reminds me of my first pre-season. I remember Charlie sent us off out of the beach and uh, well, Jimmy Young and Brian Sim was there. And so I thought, well, the two Almanis and then there was Russell and Boomer as well with their bellies. So I thought I've got a good chance of maybe being last year, but Jimmy Young and uh, Brian Sim was up the front. I couldn't believe it. Like I didn't think father were at the time and <laughs> uh, they were... I still haven't caught them yet. Like I think they still beat me. Aye, put his fiddles a pair of them. Aye. Um, so left midfield, um, a little bit of mix up between Ryan Cowie and Stephen Main, but I've, I've gone with Mains are so. Okay. When I f- first joined, his his fitness was better towards the end. His legs started going a bit, but. Stevie, Stevie was brilliant. Like his his left foot was phenomenal, flipping bars in. Um, so I've went with him there. And strikers, so it's a, a mix up. It could have been Willie up there as well. Uh, Mikey Stephen played a couple of kind of seasons. It was kind of end of his career. Um, last couple years at Brock um, and Gizzy and Fig. I've kind of went with the four of them, but. Gizzy's definitely going to be a pick, so okay. in, I guess, in training, 
because he's probably the best finisher I've ever played against through every team I've been at. He was just phenomenal, like with both feet. Um, it was quite frustrating sometimes in the game as well because he, he would try and pass too much or something. I just used to say, I'm like, in training, you smash the things in the top corners for everywhere. So, what if why you they shoot me in games kind of thing? So, but uh, he was he was unbelievable. And then up top, I think um, I better stick Willie in um, just for his, I guess, appearances and commitment and utility he's got in the team it's one player every Saturday you never can far he's going to play defence striker or midfield like he could play on anyway. Um he always gives it 100% and he's uh, probably one of the most dedicated guys you'll meet ok that's your first 11 now for a bit of guys that always made your team you're allowed four so well a bit Boomer on because it was a mix up between him and Heiser anyway so Boomer would be in there um, okay. a bit Mikey Stephen um Again, and his left foot, I mean, his right foot wasn't up to much, but his left foot was just phenomenal. Like, in a, a strike he had, he used to break your arm every time he used to take a shot half the time. So, it was a shame I never got to play with him a bit more. Um, but I think his work commitments kind of overtook as well, and then he moved to White Australia, obviously. And he's still playing, yeah. He's manager of his son's team, Caddy Clinton. Yeah, that's it. Um, and then I'll, I'll probably go with. Um, Fig in the degree. Again, another utility player, Beegs. Um, I've played with him a lot over the years as well, so that would probably be my bench. Uh, Jim, is enough a wheel at centre half, isn't he? Aye, aye, it seems to. He's uh, he's nice, calm, and collected at centre half, so I think it suits him. I knew he's getting a bit older and working off sure he's near as fit as he used to be as well, so he's near. I'll say that to him as well, so wind him up. Okay, now, which other manager you've picked, you've played under, or with, who are you going to pick for your team? Again, I've, I've had many good managers over the years and stuff, but um, I've probably got to go with Charlie Duncan, to be fair. I mean, my my first year at Brock was pretty horrendous, to be honest. Like, on the pitch, half the pitch was good, but um, he, he, he stuck by me and he gave me the opportunity to play high in league as well mm -hmm. um, and showed a lot of confidence in, in that in me. So I've got a lot to thank where I guess other managers would have just chucked me in the bin after a few games, probably. Um, I try and liken the season a bit to David De Gea. I knew he was pretty poor in his first season as well and took a bit of time to adjust. But um, I think he, a couple of years after that, I had good seasons at Brock and um, I've hopefully already paid them over the years and so that's a big first season club. you're saying there, Jimmy, was that just a case of getting yourself settled in? Did you find it difficult to settle start with first year? I'm not sure if it was, because I mean off the pitch it was probably one of the best teams I team spirits would ever had with the Brock, to be honest. That first season well first few seasons I was there, it was it was amazing. I couldn't have wait for my Saturdays and the bus journeys and that with the team. Um so I don't really confirm it was a, maybe it was just a step up for the juniors was just uh, I I'm not totally sure if it was but I didn't have the best of seasons shall we say. But then uh, he had a great season. That's standing good stead for future seasons to come. Uh, I think so. I mean, it couldn't get any worse to be honest. So <laughs> only way is up. Eh? 
well that was it so I think a year after I did get me most improved but it wasn't hard to achieve that you neither <laughs> well it's a confidence thing now, I suppose right I'm going to read your team back for you Billy Gordon Mark Dixon Russell McBride Brian Hay Neil Mayne P.A. Bruce Dean Kiwi Paul Young Stephen Mayne Graham Johnson Wally West with subs Brian Christie Mikey Stephen Scott Barber and Jimmy B. Gray. Now I ask everybody, if you put that team into the league, how do you think they would do? I think the more of Abdi was in their heydays, and I think uh, I think it would be a pretty good team. Like I think it would uh, do no bad. How would they fare against the current side? Well, as I say, like I tried to pick a majority of boys. It wasn't in the, the current squad, but. Um, Oh, yeah. the squad we've got now, not just the, like the, I guess you could say the first 11, but I mean, we played the other week a bounce game against ourselves. It was two 11s against each other and going into next week, I would hate to be marked just now. Like it's uh, a phenomenal squad and the team we've got just, uh, we should be winning everything next season as well. Uh, there was a bit in the paper that the, the SFA I'm not sure of Broer and Kelty are going to get playoff games. Have you heard anything about that? No, I've never heard anything official. I guess we just get the same stuff that um, you see in the papers and in news, to be honest, at the minute. But I mean, I kind of want Broer to be in the Highland League next year just so that we can give them a good good run for it. And um, But to be fair to Broer, it's Two years at and Kelly Hearts, I guess the, the clubs have invested money in, with the expectation of getting a playoff, and it'd be a shame if they never got the playoff again. I think they deserve a playoff at least. Um, but uh, we'll wait and see what the powers above agree. I bet, like you, I'm all in favour of teams going higher. But if every league winner goes higher, the Highland League gets weakened every year. And it's, to me, every year has been a brilliant league. Yeah, yeah. No, it would be a shame to lose um, also, like a, I guess, the top half of the Highland League. Um, it's, it's quite really competitive and then I guess there is some teams at the bottom of the league. I mean, you can never take them for granted. I think we've had a few scares over the years against some of them, but I think I did see something in the paper the other day about potentially some of the juniors might get a promotion into the Highland League as well. Um, so there's obviously like so your banks at Ebridge, Adons and stuff in the junior leagues that could probably more than had their own. Well, banks at these shown that over the last few years. Um, they could easily had their own in the Highland League if they came into it. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next few years. Oh, I think so, and hopefully it'll get us settled down and maybe they're speaking about relegation to the Highland League as well. That could be a bit yeah. of a way for a couple of sides. Yeah, yeah. I'm not actually sure where Brechin would fall if they came down like but if they did get a playoff and it was Brechin that came down, I'm not sure if they would go in the Highland League or what. Yeah, well, as you say, we'll just say to see what happens. Right. Yeah. Is there any matches you would like to replay again? I just want to even have lost. <laughs> no, there's, uh, there's a few Scottish Cup games I guess I would like to replay again. There's, I mean, the Scottish Cup is obviously one of the highlights of the years that you've got always got the chance of getting through to a, a big game. And I feel like, I mean, we've done, over the years, we've done all right in the Scottish Cups, but just the, the teams we've got, I think we've, 
we could have probably done better in some of the games. Um, aye, so yeah, I guess Scottish Cup games. We could, I think we've we should have got through in a few games a lot further than football have. Aye, uh, just all in a day in the Scottish Cup games, though, did. That's it. That's it. Okay. What's the most goals you've conceded in a game? Um, that's a good question, actually. I'm not sure you can, like... No, just in, no. all through your career. I've never conceded double figures. I think I've done nine or eight. Or... Probably Finlay would need to tell us that, Ian, but I, I don't know. I think I remember six, actually. I think we were, that was Cove's all pitch. I'm sure they scored six. Um, I'm not too sure about this. Was that? I'm saying that must mean a while ago, was it? Aye, aye. I mean that was their all pitch, so it was really smart. So it was, it was almost like a basketball pitch. Um, could shoot for anywhere there, but I'm sure. I, I'm not sure. Six, six rings a bell is, I think six is only in okay. mind, but we'll go with six. Which is most embarrassing moment on the park? There's been a few of them. I think Graham Johnston probably brought it up um, in his thingy. He, he gave us a text to, to remind me of it. And he, every time I see him, he likes to remind me of it. So I, that first season at the Brock where I was, was the, wasn't the best. Um, again, it was an awful day at the Brock and the howling gale and the, the bar went in for the other keeper over my head. That was, that was an enjoyable. Um, I guess there's been a few howlers over the years, but that was a bad day. Uh, did ask me to mention that in the sport. Yeah. Aye. <laughs> Bet you did. Have you ever been sent off? Aye. I have been sent off a few times. Um, I, I, I don't think I've ever been sent off for any reckless. Remember once I was sent off against for Martin at home like in the first five minutes and I honestly never touched the boy and I got a straight read card I think and that was that was bloody frustrating there's obviously never or that in the Highland League so he, once the referee's made a decision like that he's never going to change it but, um, I've had a I haven't had much I must say three or four maybe but maybe for like coming out of the box and last man or something but I've never Nay, any badings like. Well, that's not a lot because you've played, by my reckoning, 300 games for the Brock. So if you've only had two or three badings, that's, that's not bad, is it? Aye, yeah. We can let you off yeah. What's your best friend in the team? Um, uh, Quite a few. Um, Quite a few. Uh, I guess just now, Heiser's always been. Um, he was kind of, he's the same age as me, Heiser, and we've been there for the start. I think he was there slightly before me um, when I was at Peterhead, but we've grew up playing against each other and then been mates. Like, he comes, like our lads holidays when we were younger and stuff, he was I was with us. Um, so I probably Heiser. Okay, and Gizzy was, but now he's off a list because of that question. Aye, Gizzy is a good bit older than me, like, so. Um, <laughs> And Boomer as well, obviously, um, the two of them. Now, in your opinion, with the current squad, which team, which players in the current squad could go and play at a higher level? 
think there's, there's probably quite a few. Um, there's a few boys getting on as well. I mean, I mentioned Paul Young. I, I just understand why he never got a chance at Peter Reid, to be honest. Like, um, he was there, but he just never got a game. And I think it's rubbish when they turn around and say they can't get anybody local. I mean, mm-hmm. he's, he's actually for Peter Reid in that. But uh, there's a few boys who's never really got a chance. And then a few people like, well, Beagree was there as well, but his work commitments. Um, but there's definitely a few boys in the football team, just you know, name them all, but there's, uh, there's quite a few probably could easily play higher or deserve their chance probably a few years ago. Yeah, just getting the right break the right time, eh? Yeah, yeah. But hopefully they'll abide at Brock now for another couple of seasons because we're going to do it. So I like the year. Uh, I think currently we've probably got one of the strongest squads we've ever had in my memory of watching the Brock. Would you agree with that? Aye, and that's, um, I guess that's one of the most frustrated things about uh, COVID this year as well, because, well, I, I wouldn't, I wasn't planned to be going away with work much this year or, or, or at all. So it's quite frustrating. I've been home for like, well, it's a year past January, actually, I've been at home. Might have had the odd trip, but for me as well, I would have, that would have been a full season. I would have been at home to give it a good go. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's quite frustrating that we've got the team to do it and we just haven't been able to get the games in and there's bigger things in football but it's um aye we had a real good chance and we still do next year like but uh, here's hoping we start in july and august it's going to be great to see the fans back well me as a fan i can't wait to get back in to see the games be good for you players to have the support again aye i mean the nairn game actually up at nairn and lost mouth actually the, this year they were allowed fans in because they were level one or two or whatever it was at the time mm-hmm. so so even that we felt a bit more um, like before but uh, it's horrendous, horrendous playing um, it just feels like a friendly half a time when they crowd there it's uh, it just doesn't feel right and especially for Brock we had a big support as well you must feel you miss the fans yeah yeah I mean Hatman throws game last week. I mean, it probably would have helped if we had another week or a couple or a game before it. But I think if we had the fans there, um, well, I think we could have done them. What was your thoughts on the game? Um, I, I, I guess they they had played a few games um, in their league. Um, I think if we'd gotten another competitive game before it. Um, I mean, the goals we let in were bad goals, to be honest. I was disappointed. I think all four of them. Um, I think we made it too easy for them, their goals. But it's just, I think it's, it's a couple of their goals, they just landed lucky as well. Like, But I think on another day, we could have easily took them. Um, I was expecting them to be a lot better than what they were. When we were up 2-1, I just said to somebody, if we could get a third goal here, these guys have been struggling to get back at us. Do you agree with yeah. that? Aye, I do, and then even their second goal just before half time, kind of, even if we went in at two one at half time, it might have, might have helped. But ah, it's it's gone now. It's on to next year, but it's not a good experience. I'm ready for next year for the running Scottish Cup, hopefully. That's it. Okay, now I'm gonna really put you in the spot now. The players are telling me from the on the buses. They've all got a song to sing. So, Aye. You're going to tell us, hopefully, tell us your song and get a few lines of it. Well, I would, but if uh, you heard my singing 
Um, <laughs> so, so usually you get an option. It's either a dirty pint, which is just a, a pint of lots of uh, spirits put together, or you sing a song. And uh, I always choose a drinking option because my singing's horrendous. Take a dirty pint, then start singing. Aye, yeah, that's usually how it goes. So if you spin the spot, what would you sing in the bus coming in? Um, I'm not sure. Just uh, probably some old classic boys' own song or, or Westlife song. Okay, then I hear you doing as a boy band kind of lad now. <laughs> oh, aye. Well, old classics are good. That's where uh, old Captain Russell McBride and Whimsy was good. They were the DJs and uh, it was good music back then. Ryan Cowie's a DJ now and it's horrendous. He's in his dance kind of stuff, isn't he? Aye, yep. And just a noise as far as I can see, but hey, oh, I must be getting all. Aye, no, it's fine for the gangs out to warm up because you can turn it down or off, like, so it's fine. Do you hear the music blasting in the dressing room for you? Aye, aye, no, that's, that's part and parcel of it. It gets you going and that's no, really good. Um, you're lost from the beatboxes now there. It's uh, definitely feel it. Aye. Must be strange changing. Uh, how did you change Montrose game up? And uh, no, you did. Aye, uh, we was in a, a players lounge, um, so we're now also now allowed in the changing rooms. Montrose um, was in the sponsors lounge. Yeah, yeah. So even that's just a bit weird, isn't it? Like, but it's just been the type of year it's been to Paul. That's it. We can look forward to hopefully July or August and see get you back in the park. And I'd like Aye. to thank you very much for coming on. It's been excellent. Thank you very much for sharing. Aye, thanks for having us. Good, good, good. So you'll get uh, some good nature rubbing for us, I'm sure, once it goes out and the ears it. Aye, I'm sure. You want to leave a message for your fellow players before you go? Nah, just uh, can't wait to get going next year. That's, a, that's about it. Are you guys doing only training between you and the start of the season? No, we're actually, Mark's actually been nice to us. He's actually given us three weeks off, I think. So um, I think he's waiting until the middle of May. I think we're allowed to do contact sports then. So we're just waiting for a text now that he'll probably be having us back probably the day after, but we'll wait and see. Yeah, we'll get you ready for next season. So again, all for seeing you are the best for next season. And again, thank you very much for coming on. Magic. Cheers. Cheers, Paul. Take care. Thanks, Dale. Catch you. Thanks for listening to my podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to be involved in the show or you'd like to nominate somebody who you would like to hear come on the show, get in touch. My name is Willie McKenzie. You can contact me on 07-904-756-332. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for more episodes. Thank you.